Hey everyone, and welcome to the 30 Days of Courage. I'm your host, Ashley Easter, founder and executive director of Courage 365, and I am so glad that you are tuning in for tonight's show. We are gonna be talking with actress Caitlin Delaney. She is an amazing silence breaker, and I just cannot wait to bring her on to the show. Well, without further ado, I want to invite Caitlin Delaney on to the show. Hey, Caitlin, thank you so much for being here tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, it is truly an honor to speak with you. I have been following you in the media. I know we were introduced probably, I want to say like a year and a half ago, voice to voice on the phone. And I was like, wow, this woman has such a powerful story. Her, um, I don't know, just your, your energy is just such a... You have this activist spirit, but you're also so approachable and a a person that I really think a lot of survivors can connect with. Um, And so I am excited to to have you here tonight. And we have arranged this instead of doing a talk, everybody tonight, we're going to be doing um, a interview format. And so I'd like to just pitch you with one of our first questions. Absolutely. And and, and again, thank you for having me, Ashley. I love the work that you and your organization do. And I'm I'm really thrilled to be here. So yes, let's go. Feeling (laughs) is mutual. (laughs) All right. So we're already getting some beautiful comments coming in. Great to be here. Hello, everyone. Okay, great. So glad that people are tuning in. And really, before I ask you this first question, I was getting messages or comments from people saying they were all the way in Paris and that they were working with time zone differences. And so literally people from around the world are tuning in now and will watch the replay later. So I'm just super excited to, to share your powerful story. And what many people may know is that you are a Harvey Weinstein survivor. And um, the Harvey Weinstein survivor story, we've heard about this collectively in the news. And you are one of what New York Times calls silence breaker. And I would like to know if you could share a bit about your personal story and what ultimately led you to being called a silence breaker by New York Times. I mean, your story is incredible, and I'd love to hear it in your own words. Thank you so much, Ashley. Um, so um, it was a long road, <laughs> um, meaning I, I met Harvey Weinstein in 1996 and in New York and um, was assaulted by Harvey Weinstein at the Kemp Festi- Film Festival that same year. I was, I was sort of groomed and, and ended up um, in, a, in a really tough situation, which was very devastating and very scary. And um, I, I, I honestly thought I was the only one. I thought that it was my fault. And um, it's, 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 you know, that's that's a survivor's story. Often, you know, how you translate things, and and um, and it it changed my life. I moved out of New York, and um, I tried to put it all behind me. But you know, in truth, you kind of live daily with that kind of that kind of stuff, and it caused a lot of anxiety and. And I just, I just kept that secret. It wasn't my secret, but I, I kept it and it affected my life and a lot. And I was, I was driving and I live in Los Angeles I, uh, in 2017. So 20 years later, and I got a text from my sister and this story popped up, you know, Harvey Weinstein paid off sexual harassment accusers for, for decades. And I, 
I mean, I, I can cry thinking about it now because I was like, Whoa. you know, and the next thing my sister said was, you should tell your story. And, and, and actually I, I, I had a difficult time with that. I mean, people were, were coming out daily and I just, it, it was so hard for me to think about getting those words out after so many years. And, 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 um, but I, it, you know, it was, it was lovely that my, my sister said that to me. And, um, and I did speak out a few weeks after that. And, um, what, what, what's happened now since then has transformed my life in, you know, in, in a really wonderful way in the end. And in this particular story, um, there were so many Harvey Weinstein survivors and we were connected through an email group by a few of the women who started it. And, 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 and I, I found community with, with a lot of them. And, um, we, you know, we met and we talked and, and we worked amongst ourselves and we began to form friendships and alliances. I mean, it's, it's, it, it sounds more ideal than it is. A lot of it's hard. We're telling tough stories. We can't believe this happened. You know, um, people of different personalities and things. But, but the good news was um, that that I just I just found this kind of desire to keep going and to 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 to, to change what was this very difficult thing in terms of even speaking it out loud into something productive. And, um, so what led me to be a silence breaker was around just being in community with these women and other, and other women, um, that I, that I met that were survivors of other, of other perpetrators. Um, and, you know, just working with them on things. And, and so, so what happened was around the time of the New York Harvey Weinstein, New York trial in January, February, 2020, um, some of us joined together with the support of the Times Up Legal Defense Fund to kind of, you know, form the silence breakers in an, in an effort to, to, to keep the story about and the focus on the survivors kind of, you know, like you do. Um, and, you know, because too often it becomes about the perpetrator and their journey. And, 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 and so I had a real strong de desire to, to, to keep the story focused on us, especially the women who are going to be testifying at the trial, and hopefully through that affect change and um, you know move the needle in, in around this kind of a trial in, in general. You know, so I sort of found this this purpose, and I'm I'm very grateful for the support um, around that time. And I and I just and I just was very motivated to um, to get to get my voice out there to to support um, the other women and, uh, you know, around, around this, this, the trial. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, like, I'm, I'm just so sorry that that happened to you and to so many other women. It's really mm -hmm. such a travesty. And I know yeah. that as somebody who was watching the Me Too movement develop and seeing those stories come forward, it, it, it shook me to my core and it was something that was like, okay, wow, we're finally coming to a place where people are banding together and talking about this openly. And I just want to, I just want to say thank you for your courage and the courage of the other women that spoke out because truly, I think you gave voice to a lot of people who didn't have voice and, yeah. um, really were, um, 
very supportive in creating this movement where it is more acceptable to talk about our stories. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, of course, yeah. and I'm grateful to everyone who sh who shared their story. Mm. They that felt like support to me. You know, all over the world, everyone's story felt that buoyed me as well. So so, so much like like you know like everyone else feels that that yeah. empathy for each other and that support. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow. And one thing really stuck out to me that you said, like at the very beginning of the question, there was that you thought you were the only one, you felt alone. Yeah. And I think that is something that almost every single survivor can, you know, really, that we felt that at some point or another. And, um, you know, I think sometimes people look up to, you know, Hollywood celebrities and actresses such as yourself and they're like, oh, they've got it all together. And they had this, you know, movement and all these things, mm -hmm. but, every survivor goes through those kinds of feelings. And I think you just yeah. brought um, a level of rawness here to this conversation that I think so many people really can resonate with. So thank you for, for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next thing I wanted to ask you is many survivors in our community have spoken out about abuse. And I began sharing different parts of my story in 2014 before there was a lot of support. Um, and I was wondering what it was like for you to begin finding your own courage and resilience as you navigated speaking out, getting involved in the Me Too movement. Um, you know, I think while we can't underestimate the pain that survivors are feeling, um, even after the Me Too movement, there is so much more conversation now, but you were kind of on the front end of having that conversation. So how did how did you find that courage and resilience? And um, everybody else, as you're listening to this conversation, feel free to drop questions in the comments because we will be doing a live Q&A after this with your questions. But that's one that I would really be interested in hearing about from you. Yes, yes and, 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 and thank you. And, and thank you for courage 365 it takes a lot of courage and and um bravo to you for 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 speaking out as you did and 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 finding your voice you know um really uh it takes a it takes it does take finding the courage and resilience it, it's i'm sure you you know what i mean you don't think you will have it yeah. um it's i i but but you it's almost to me it, you, at first I just had to take the steps, um, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and find, find my, my voice. And then I, and then, and then the courage, you know, so it's like taking the first step. Um, I mean, I was really scared and nervous to speak out. Uh, and before the news broke, like I said, I didn't know there were others and, and, and I didn't think I would be believed. And, 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 you know, even when I did speak out, I still had those feelings and, and Harvey Weinstein was, was a very powerful man still. And I definitely felt that I, I was the, the future of my career, my safety, potential backlash, you know, in terms of scrutiny were all things that I may have to deal with. Um, and, uh, and, and, in, you know, and I think all survivors have those kinds of feelings and, um, you know, Again, I had a hard time speaking about the events. I, it, it would it 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 felt really awful. Uh, 
you know, just to get the words out. It was, it was, it is re-traumatizing and it can lead to a lot of feelings. At least it did for me. It's extreme sensitivity, but I just knew that I, I had to do it. And I, 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 for me, and everybody has a personal journey. I really found a lot of courage and resilience, um, through my focus on, on, um, and my determination on and my determination to support the other women who were speaking out against Harvey Weinstein and in the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement really helped me, you know, buoyed me to have, even though I, I wasn't sure what, what the end result would be. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to be careful anymore. I want, I, I wanted to be a part of the movement and I wanted to, to help. And I think that, um, you know, by feeling that by telling my story, and I think this is, you know, feeling that by telling my story, I could make a difference for others. And not just because I was speaking out about Harvey Weinstein, but just because it's a very, it was such a powerful thing to do. Um, and and any anyone that, that empathized with it, maybe I could help them. And just, so that idea of making a difference and, um, gave me courage and resilience to keep going. And, um, and I, I just, I just, I just started to feel that it was important, um, for me and for others to, to, to achieve justice, some kind of justice in terms of my particular perpetrator. And, um, you know, I just sort of, put one foot in front of the other, even if it was difficult to do. Um, I tried to take the right steps. I, and this is a very personal journey, but for me, the right steps were to speak to um, district attorneys and um, to, you know, to, to, to vetted press if they were interested and um, filmmakers and, um, you know, whoever could help get, get my story or our stories out there um, but I, but it was, it wasn't, um, it was, it was just a very difficult thing to do. I'm a very private person. And so I just would, I want any, anyone to know that, that, you know, talking to anyone about, about your story is very difficult, but the larger goals helped me and, and the, 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 the promise of healing also, I, I, I held just, I don't know, it was very, very personal. I, I held some hope that this was a chance by, you know, um, telling my story. And I think I learned this by speaking to other survivors. I, I would, it would get better. I would feel better. It would maybe even be easier at some point. Um, and it was a healing process. So I kind of, I kind of held that hope um, in, in me and that probably led to some courage and resilience um, as well. Mm. <laughs> yes, I love how the fire in you was not just to speak up for yourself, but to speak up for other people and to support yeah. other women. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that's everybody's story, but uh, it, it, it's similar to when you hear about another survivor and you get upset for them. Mm -hmm. um, whatever that is, it's a little bit of a nurturing thing or a fiery thing. I mean, everybody has their own journey, but that was very motivating uh, for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. that's maybe why we see so many survivors who then go on to become advocates in some shape or form. 
because we just don't want to see this happen to other people. And that's, that's really, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very motivating. We don't, we don't. And if we can help or make a difference, um, uh, we want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've read some of the media scrutiny um, about you and the other silence breakers, and some of it was professional media, some of it was social media. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of people that have opinions and they're not all positive. So some people are like, these women are attention seeking or why didn't you come forward sooner if it was such a big deal? And, you know, you should have done things differently. And I think so many survivors have gotten that type of scrutiny, but you're receiving this on a very public and a national, maybe even international stage. And I'm just wondering, like, how how did you get through that? What helped you get through that public scrutiny of telling such a vulnerable yeah. story? Thank you so much. I mean, again, I feel like anyone can relate because you're so worried about what people are going to think. You're, you're always worried as a survivor, I found, that people are going to believe you. It hurts mm-hmm. that they don't. It's so scary to think that they won't. And um, it, it, it's one of the things that makes it so scary to speak out is, is, is feeling like you're being judged because you're already dealing with shame and, you know, you know, did I cause this and all these, all these things that are, you know, um, so any measure of doubt, you know, or criticism does hurt any of us. And um, again, what helped me was, was, was the support of other women that I was in, in touch with um, and uh, Harvey Weinstein survivors, um, Bill Cosby survivors, you know, just, not always a survivor of someone, someone, um, in the news. Um, but I, you know, I, I grew up with, with someone who was, um, who Michelle Hurd, who's going to be on your show. We yeah. grew up together and she, she's a, a Cosby survivor. And, and an old friend of mine was also assaulted by Harvey Weinstein, uh, Catherine Kendall. And I didn't know till then. So, so I think, um, that, that I had, a, you know, a network of, of, of women that helped me. Um, so I was lucky that way. Um, and, um, but now there's so many organizations and ways and people are, there's a lot more resources now. So I'm, I'm happy for people who, who want to reach out and, and find support. So I, 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 so the, you know, the support of people that had gone through similar things as me that I knew and, and was, was, becoming acquainted with, with more of them. And also, um, I mean, honestly, you know, friends and family that are supportive and, and I, and I know not everyone is, and not everyone knows how to talk to you about it. Um, so, um, just very selectively, if I felt that there was someone that I thought might understand it, that I was close to, um, like my sister or something like that. And it was good. And if it seemed like it was too hard to talk to, I, I was, you know, uh, would just leave it. That's fine too. Trying to be gentle on all of us. Um, and, um, and then, uh, uh, activism, just getting involved. It, 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 it kept me feeling, you know, well, I know that, that my feelings around this are very altruistic and grounded. And, um, um, so I don't, you know, it doesn't matter so much what other people are, are thinking and also learning about how the trauma of, 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 um, sexual assault and harassment affects people doing, giving myself enough of an education to realize it, that I was 
not alone in keeping silent for so many years and translating what happened to me in ways that made me feel shame and, and anxiety and, you know, um, you know, and, and, and it's not always the thing you want to do is sit around and read about that, that kind of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> even, even though oddly you're going through that kind of stuff, but it is, it is, it was helpful for me to, to educate myself a little bit around trauma. Um, Oh yeah, so that's why I feel this way, or that's why I kept I kept silent, and um, you know, and found it so difficult to to see that. Yeah, yeah. What I'm pulling from what you're saying is just you know being so grounded in this is my truth, having a support system, getting educated yes. on why my body is responding this way, and then even the activism is like taking back the narrative for yourself that that those things really can combat that scrutiny from outside um is, is yes. am i understanding that right <laughs> yes you perfectly thank you yeah. you summarized yeah. that very well yes 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 it's very transformative thank you for mm. you know for asking that question Absolutely. Wow. Wow. And I think those are things that everybody listening can do, you know, even if you can find one safe person, because maybe you don't have a big community, hopefully in the Courage 365 Facebook group, you can find some connection with others here if you don't have that support system, but doing that, finding a way to take the narrative back for yourself. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, those, those are things that I think everybody can uh, work to apply. So that's, that's very practical and helpful, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what advice would you give to survivors who are coming out with their story? And maybe more specifically, is there anything that you wish you had known? And again, yeah. everybody um, who's tuning in, go ahead and drop your questions because we're going to do a live Q&A with your questions in a few minutes. But um, yeah, anything you wish you knew that you could pass along? Well, I wish I knew. I mean, again, it's, it's just what you said, find, maybe find someone or people to talk to you think will be supportive, give yourself some options. Um, it can be very, very private and personal. Um, and, and, you know, or, or it can, it, it can take a, you know, a, a more official road. It's just up to you. Take all the time you need. But I wish that I, I wish that I had given myself the opportunity to kind of gather some resources um, that would be at my disposal, like Courage 365 or, or other groups. Uh, one, in, one in six is a good one for men. Um, Voices in Action, Echo Training, uh, Rain. Just because probably before speaking out, I thought I, I, I'm going to just, oddly, this I'm going to figure this out all by myself. Right, and, right. And um, that's just my personality. And, and, and then in those those harder moments, it would have been nice to say, oh, yeah, I remember I read that website. And um, so I wish I had sort of gathered some of the resources before I, I, I took my journey just to, to have them at my fingertips. And I wish that I knew that it would be re-traumatizing and um, that that I would eventually heal and it would get easier. And, and I guess reading people's journeys and stories um, could, could help. It's, 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 um, uh, I just, I wish I understood this a little bit more and, um, and, um, yeah, yeah. So maybe just did a little bit more research before I, um, but I don't think it, when I spoke out, there was as much available, but so, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's really important to, to, 
know what you're getting into because when you do share your story while you have this empowered moment of like I'm taking back the narrative there often is that backlash and just being prepared and understanding that that's coming but it will get better and I love I love that yes yeah yeah that's great yeah and also you're talking about how some people decide to keep it more private and so maybe you share it with one safe person instead of you know making Mm -hmm. a big statement someplace you gotta decide what's right for you yeah 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 it's all very personal some people you know have a therapist and they talk to their therapist Mm -hmm. first um a friend yeah it's all it's a it's a personal journey and that's important to understand also absolutely Um, yeah absolutely And, you know, in talking about that, particularly during the backlash and even, you know, now things aren't, I mean, things are still there. Like, I I think we heal from abuse, but oftentimes it's, it's always something that's still part of our memory. And so I'm wondering, you know, that has to take a toll on your body, mind and spirit. And can you give us some some tips on, you know, how survivors can keep their sanity and start practicing wellness to, to take care of themselves during this time? Yeah, uh, that's such a great question. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, people who are watching will, will just, will understand that it, it's, it's harder to take care of yourself when you're going through a trauma and there's, 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 um, a lot of adrenaline going through your system and a lot of ups and downs of moods. And it's just, it's just knowing that taking care of yourself during that time is paramount. So, and you don't have to be perfect at it. Um, I, I would say I, I didn't tell, I told myself I didn't have to be perfect at it, but I didn't want to let myself go completely off the, off the, the rails. So, you know, uh, I sleep is really, really important. Um, exercise and, and maybe just walking or breathing, taking quiet time and just, and just kind of being, um, as disciplined as I can a, a, around those things. Um, and just, um, trying not to be too hard on myself. I don't, I don't have to be productive, you know, all the time, every day I can rest and relax, especially if I'm going through a hard time. And I, you mm. know, I, I was lucky to have like Louise Godbold, who is, um, she runs echo training, which is, which is a, um, nonprofit around trauma. And she's an expert in trauma. So I, I had, I had someone that I could talk to about that and, and, and um, still found myself re- resisting the, the, the good habits. So not being too hard on myself about them, but knowing, knowing, you know, that they're there and that yet not getting enough sleep could, could, you know, um, really aggravate bad feelings and stuff like that. So, and just try my, I, I think, um, one thing I have been successful at is, is, is giving myself a little break is a self-soothing or hugging. Like I don't have to be perfect. Don't have to have the most productive day. Um, you know, almost like how you take care of yourself when you're feeling sick, you know, maybe you just get in bed and read a book or something like that. And, um, and again, the, the resources, you know, the, the knowing that they're there, um, like rain and, um, one and six. Right. Action. Yeah. And I love that mantra that I don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. And I, I think a lot of times when survivors have experienced assault or really any type of abuse, um, there, yeah. there can also be that emotional abuse of like, you are only 
worthy when you are performing in a way that makes somebody happy. And that can be an underlying current. And so reminding yourself, like, I can just rest and I'm still worthy and I don't have to be perfect. I can just be myself. Yes. Yes. And I don't have to be hard on myself Mm. and be kind to myself. I don't have to be perfect. And I, and, um, and in my imperfection, I can, you know, be loving to myself. It's okay. You know? Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I've got one last question for you before we go to a quick break and then we'll open it up for the Q and A's. I can see some questions just dropping in. So I can't wait to dive into those, but, um, Many times survivors, I think they feel like their abuse story can almost take over their life and overshadow everything else in their life. And I wondered if you could talk about like redefining your life and some of the accomplishments that you have um, as a woman in your career and your activism. I think you've had an election win for a board and maybe just some advice on defining your life in your own terms. Yes, thank you. That's a great question, and I um, and I have to say that um, you know it's it's um, you know I I I I went from this not being able to speak about something to um, uh, leading board meetings and, and and sharing things, and that's just my own personal journey. There's so many ways for someone to sort of feel empowered, but um, what happened for me was I, I definitely got involved in trying to make a difference and, and, you know, the area of safety from sexual assault and harassment and survivor support and policy issues, um, in the entertainment business and beyond. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been very transformative. So I, I have gotten involved in those things and, um, and in, in, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really grateful how, about how I've grown. And um, the first thing was really just, as I said, as a silence broker, focusing on the women and, and their stories around the, around the Harvey Weinstein trial. And, and um, you know, just, um, I mean, I, I really d- did, you know, did a lot of work around that, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm very proud of, like speaking to press and organizing my thoughts and contacting contacting press and, and, and making sure our voices were heard. I, I mean, and then, um, I, since the very beginning, the safety on set and, and for, 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 for performers was very important to me in an area that I thought I could make a difference. So I did, I did get, end up getting involved in, in, in the Screen Actors Guild union. I ran for convention delegate two years ago and formed, um, the sexual harassment um, a committee on sexual harassment in the Los Angeles local. Wow. And yeah. And we passed at our convention in uh, 2019, we passed some resolutions about forming committees and about um, safety meetings on set and things we're still working on within the union. And then in this last election, which just, which just happened, I ran for a local board seat and, um, and my platform is around sexual harassment, safety from sexual harassment, speaking about that, making a difference, you know, in the entertainment business. And, and I want a seat and I want a seat in the convention. So we're in the process of that now. Our convention is actually this weekend and I'm gonna you know, stand up and put forth resolutions for change around, um, around, around set safety and things. So I'm still working on the same issues, um, but finding I have a, 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 
been determined enough to, to kind of put myself out there and, and, um, and try to make a difference and, and lead in these areas. And, um, uh, and that, and that all comes from, for me, from just starting the journey of, of speaking out. That's my, you know, my, my personal through line and my, you know, that, I mean, the advocacy work has, is, it's a lot of work and it's determination, but it's a big source of joy for me and gives me a lot of, um, you know, that's that sense of empowerment. And as you said, um, taking back your own narrative because, you know, you're for survivors, your story is yours and you get to tell it and then you get to reshape that narrative, how you want it to be. And, um, and that's your right. And, you know, you can, um, hopefully find times where you trust that this difficult road that you're taking will lead you to a place of hope and optimism and promise for the future. And, um, you know, and every, again, every journey is different. I, I have someone I'm very, very close to who is just taking a much quieter, um, more personal road with their, with their journey. And this is, you know, um, someone that I, that I love very much and I'm close to, and we talk all the time and we're just very different people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, um, his, his, his journey is, is a, is a lovely one too, just privately seeking justice and talking to people that he's only very close to. And, and, um, so anyway, I'm grateful for my journey and can only emphasize to everyone that, um, that um, I'm so happy for them to take to take whatever their their journey might be, and it will look. It's up to them. They get to tell their story and reshape their narrative and uh, and take their their own personal journey. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. This has been such a great interview. Very insightful and. Um, Good. I think people can relate on so many levels to what you said. And I love how you're talking about everybody's journey is different. And that's, yes. that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I also want, want to in, just encourage people to understand that, that the journey is, is, is one of healing. Um, even though there are times where it doesn't feel like that. Um, and, but there, you know, there is an end road. I mean, I'm not there yet, but there, there are times where you start to feel your personal growth and your mm. sense of power, your relationships get closer, you discover new possibilities. There's a, there's a lot to hope for, you know, along that, that difficult journey. So that's the other thing I wanted to say. Mm. Yes. Thank you for leaving us on a message of hope. Well, everybody, we are going to take a quick break for an ad from one of our sponsors. We have several sponsors for the 30 Days of Courage. One of them is Sojourners, which you can see their byline on the screen, on below the screen. But SNAP Survivors Network of those abused by priests, they have a beautiful commercial that they have provided us. And we're going to view that. And then we'll be right back with a live Q&A answering your questions from the comments. 
Hey everyone, we are back with the 30 Days of Courage. I'm here interviewing Caitlin Delaney, and she is a silence breaker by the um, New York Times. She's a Harvey Weinstein survivor and activist and has done so many amazing things. We've just gotten through with a beautiful interview uh, with her, and now it is time to answer your questions. I've seen some of these dropped into the comments. You can go ahead and drop some more if you would like, but we're gonna go ahead and start with this question here, and it says, we are united in our survivorship, however separate in circumstance. How would you suggest communities go about bringing the bright light of press to hidden survivor communities? That's a very good question. And um, my experience with press is, you know, it, it is this sort of individual learning curve. I didn't know who to call, uh, where to go to at first when when this story broke um and um enough people spoke out before me that that by the you know even though it was a couple weeks it wasn't like i was going to make headline news talking to anyone um and so i'm pretty scrappy about the press thing i've learned i've learned meaning I've, I've learned a lot and um it, all of the the it's all of the papers or, you know news outlets have um emails for journalists. And if you find out which ones are following particular stories or, or uh, sexual, sexual deal with sexual harassment or sexual assault, you know, they've covered that kind of story before. Um, so I did a lot of research around, around that. And, um, and I use Twitter, Twitter, um, you know, if you, if you follow the journalists um, that are covering the kinds of stories that you that you might want to tell or need to tell or have covered them in the past sometimes they they will also you know follow you back and it's, it's just good to follow them and know what's going on and so i i did a lot of that of of, of reaching out and i didn't always you know they they answer you or they don't you know um but just doing educating myself and doing some research and then um and staying in touch with with certain ones if if i did have um um, a, you know, a chance to talk to them. And these are uh, big news outlets and small outlets. Um, I did an op-ed for the independent, which was, which is a paper, you know, sometimes it's also certain, certain news organizations, um, you know, really do, do cover this, this stuff and these kinds of issues, um, well, and, and that's important too with press is, is to, to respect the, uh, um, and to have a good sense of who you're getting in touch with, you know, try to try to make sure people aren't, you know, taking advantage of you and and stuff like that. But just vetting them a little bit, you know, under, you know, looking at their writing and things like that. But yes, personally, trying, you know, getting in touch with people was really was really what I did. And I and 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 there's also the um, there's organizations that can help. And you know, the the Times Up Legal Defense Fund is one that um, helps with publicity and legal legal help so they're they're good to get in touch with and 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 probably um webs different different um uh, nonprofits can can help you um too i know for example just in, in, in the model alliance which is in new york um has um a, a, you know you can report different situations to them and they 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 support people who are speaking out in that particular um, industry, and there's probably 
other nonprofits that do that, I'm sure, in, in, um, in, in various in other specific industries. So doing a little, little research. Yeah. 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 That's so good. And I would echo the, the Twitter suggestion. Yeah. Um, that's where I've made most of my press connections, um, either through mutual um, colleagues or through Twitter. And one thing I would just add as a tip for people who are maybe going to be reaching out to press is make sure that your Twitter header and bylines and all of those things reflect the story you want to communicate. So you don't have to put your whole story there, but use relevant hashtags. Make sure you use a picture of yourself or you know something like that to really allow them to see that, hey, you're serious about this and they can know what you're about when they when they see your profile. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, okay, so we've got another question here. Uh, Roland Farrow's book, Catch and Kill, helped me see so many similarities and how Weinstein responded to allegations of abuse and how religious leaders respond to allegations of abuse. This battle for transparency and accountability sometimes feels so hopeless. What are some good first steps we can do to change the climate? Oh, that's a lovely, lovely question. Um, well, I mean, First steps are um, to, you know, it, it's a lot of what we've been talking about. Be authentic, be true to yourself, tell your story in a, in a, in a, in a manner where you, that, you know, in a, in a way that you can feel safe and you can have some support and, um, and, you know, get involved with, with a larger journey um, if, if, if that suits you and, um, definitely one of the th things that, um, that many of us who've gotten, you know, who've taken this on and, and become ad advocates and activists is, you know, we, we, we do work around, around policy and legislation. I mean, I'm, I'm not a politician, but, um, I've worked with equal rights advocate, which is a nonprofit in California that works around uh, rights for women and girls and, um, or child health USA or, or, or this group, there's, there's certain groups that lobby for political change. And, um, and that, that really moves, moves the needle. Um, it's it, the way we did press, like I said, around, around the Harvey Weinstein trial, for example. Um, and any, any way that, um, so, so working to affect change within your community because a lot of laws are, are, are local. Um, you know, I've, I've worked in California, New York, but these laws need to change all over the, the country. And, um, and, you know, you can, you can find groups working on that. Uh, and, 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 and then, um, legislators who are, are willing to, to put forth bills and, and that's, that's how that works. So you, you find, um, it's a, it's a it's a whole system to navigate, but it's 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 quite kind of local, it, you know, in every area. There's New York, there's California, there's legislature, there's people who there's every year people put forth bills, and there's nonprofits that lobby for certain rights and changes, and um, getting involved in that is good. And 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 um, you know, let not forget about the Me Too movement. It's it's it's. Uh, it's it's 
still something we're all all a part of. Everybody's story is powerful. We, we believe you, and we sh we share. You know, there's there's col collective experiences that that um, are moving us to to try to make things better, and um, and we're still you know all working on that. So yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So we're kind of trying to change hearts and minds with our stories, but then also change the climate control and, you know, changing mm -hmm. the laws. That's how you change the climate is often by creating laws that um, support survivors. So yeah, those are really beautiful, um, actionable yeah. steps. Yeah. And, and for example, in 2018, um, I and a number of other women worked with, with the Equal Rights Advocates, which is a political nonprofit out of San Francisco. And they had the connections to kind of recruit and um, and work with specific state senators to to change some of the laws around sexual harassment in the workplace. So um, the time to report, we were able to, and then the governor had to sign it. It was a process, and you know, changed from one to three years, for example, the, mm -hmm. the time to report. And there was a lot of work around um, non disparagement agreements and. NDAs and, and things like that. And some of that stuff passed. And then, and then um, we, I mean, I'm not one of the, I'm not, you know, but, you know, working again with equal rights advocate, mm -hmm. went back the next year and supported some more bills and got more bills passed the next year. So it kind of takes time and you can get involved in, in, in your community with that stuff that's great that's Important. great and i yeah. yeah i do know since this question was kind of posed as somebody who was mentioning similarities between um harvey weinstein and like allegations against uh religious leaders i know snap yeah. survivors network of those abused by priests they often do a lot of um work to try to you know partner with people who um, are changing laws and legislation. And so whoever submitted that question, that would be a great organization to, to maybe connect yeah. up with for those purposes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I'm sorry I didn't mention SNAP before. SNAP is great. Um, it's, 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 it's a great resource. Yeah, it really is a good one. For any survivor. Yeah. 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 Okay. Next question is, um, in your personal experience, might you share what you've learned in terms of things you look for in a person to discern whether they are a healthy person for you to disclose or confide in? I guess with abuse story, how do you how do you know when it's oh, a safe person? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, so, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, if you if you um, looking for people who, like I said, you know, someone that I know who run, who um, is another Harvey Weinstein survivor, Louise Godbold, who runs a, a training, you know, a, a trauma training nonprofit. Um, so looking for people who actually have some, you know, professional experience in, in this, in this kind of, in this area, um, that's always, nice, you know, looking at the resources and seeing and, or, or finding, or finding, um, groups inside survivor groups, you know, think things like that, that are vetted and safe. And there's probably a lot of people who can, will, can understand and, and be open with you in terms of, um, I'm trying to think it in terms of, you know, my own. So, so I guess that, and that, that, 
within that group is also is is also other survivors, so survivor groups and and um, it's is you know and, and and kind of professionals is is great and and in it's hard it's harder in your own personal life. Um, I mean, I I would say that you know uh, the people that I love and and trust the most are the people that you know the people I'm closest to. Maybe my for me, my siblings or. Um, um, uh, you know, I, 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 or, or good friends. I, I still wondered how they, it wasn't, those aren't, weren't actually the easiest conversations. Um, but, but I'm still glad that I talked to them about it. And, you know, I know for me, so, so good personal relationships, even if I've, even honestly, if, when I, talk to those people, they were at a loss for words. There was still, you know, I love you. I, I love you too. I'm sorry that happened to you. And that feel, and that feels good. And I, so there, I didn't have a lot of expectations that, I mean, these were people that, that I loved and, and we cared for each other, but I didn't have a lot of expectations that they, um, that it would hit them in a way they could give me, you know, advice and they would want to talk about it more and, you know, mm. that kind of thing. So, so I guess, um, yeah, it's twofold, you know, um, right. people that I love without a lot of expectations and then, and then people who've experienced the same thing that are maybe involved, mm. involved with other survivors. Um, yeah, that makes groups. sense. Yeah. 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 I've also heard some survivors use sort of like, um, they kind of gauge safety by like dropping little pieces and seeing what people respond to. And then if it's a good positive response, then they'll go a little deeper and, so I wonder if sometimes oh. that can be effective for people as well when they're not sure if this will be. Yeah. You know. Well, that's a good technique. So, give, what do you what do you mean, Ashley? Like what like like what would be a uh, a hint? Like would you tell some a little bit of some other story in, of someone else and see how they reacted? Or... Sure. You know, I think Curious, it could look yeah. a couple different ways. So yeah. maybe instead of like going into the depths of your trauma, instead, you know, maybe just bringing up the topic of abuse mm -hmm. and seeing how yeah. somebody responds to that. And then if that's yeah. a positive response, maybe bringing it to like, well, this happened to me, but it's only like a little slice of the story versus like bearing yeah. your whole soul. And then just slowly building trust in a way that feels safe. And if it doesn't feel good in any of those mm -hmm. places, knowing that, you know what, maybe this is a person I don't share everything with. And yeah, exactly. I haven't delved too much. I've just given yes. it a taste. <laughs> that's really good. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's really mm -hmm. good. Good way to take care of yourself and, and not have too many expectations just to see, right. to see how it lands. Right, right. And I liked how you talked about, you know, it's a different expectation for survivor groups and yeah. Um, professionals versus friends and family, hopefully they can be supportive, but like you said, they may not, they may have a loss of words and most people yeah. are trained to deal with these things. So that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it, I found it easier to talk to like the people that want to talk about it at length would have probably be more other survivors, mm -hmm. but, right. but it just depends. You know? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We've got one more question here and that is, um, what is the name, please, of your friend's trauma organization? Is it Eco something or another? Could you mention that name again? Oh, yes. It's Echo, E-C-H-O, Training. Echo, Echo Training. training. 
yeah um it's based in los angeles and um you can you can find it online it it and and they actually have really great infographics online about trauma and the effects of trauma on the brain and what healing you know recovers from it's it's you know what i mean what recovering you know looks like what post trauma looks like and stuff like that so yeah echo training and echo. um echo tra echo training yeah and you know there's probably a lot of things called echo but you know you'll you'll find it because okay. you just put an echo training and then trauma and Got it's it. all about about trauma training perfect yeah. all right Thank you so, so much. Um, I'm telling you, this has been such a pleasure talking with you. You have so much wisdom. And I think your story is one that really has, it really has opened the door for many other people to come forward and speak. So thank you for your bravery, for your courage. I really do believe that you're not only a silence breaker, but you are somebody who is helping shape the world in a way that we are more open to having these conversations and where more support can be created for survivors. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Ashley. And can I just leave with a, just, you know, a, a final word. Absolutely. I mean, I really, really appreciate everyone wanting to, to listen to me. And I hope that something that I said resonates with whoever's listening. I, I, I appreciate um, people tuning in and Ashley, I appreciate you having me on the show and I just, you know, um, want other survivors to know that, you know, I mean, if you, you, if you take the steps to care for yourself and recognize that you have been through something traumatic, um, and that you're not alone and there's help and resources there for you, um, that, you know, time is on your side and, and, um, life can be, um, a lot better than you, than you, than you, than you had imagined before. And, mm. um, so it's, it's not an easy journey, but it's a very, very positive one, um, in terms of results in the end, really. Um, mm. thank you so much as you know, Ashley. Yeah. And, uh. Uh, you know, I wish, I wish everyone luck on their own, on their own personal journeys. Thank you for that word. Yeah, so important. Yeah. It's difficult, but it's definitely worth it. And and it gets yeah. so much better the further you go and the more support you gain. Thank you so, so it's much. True, it's true. Thank this you. Absolutely. Thank you, well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in for tonight's show. Make sure that you invite your friends to watch the replay and invite them into this Facebook group. Sending you all so much love and live with courage.